Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Kimberly with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. And again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. How has everybody been? You know, it's been a while since I've done the shows, probably like four or five weeks. And there are a lot of reasons behind that. For those of you that maybe you're new to the show or you may have missed it, I had heart surgery at the beginning of March. And so, you know, I did a few shows after that, but, you know, there were some complications. So I felt that it was best that I kind of take a step back. And I was working on some other projects as well. Um, And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I just want to let you guys know that I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. And I hope that you're doing fine as well. I know what's happening now with the COVID-19 coronavirus, it has everyone, you know, um, um, looking at their lives and looking at what's happening and, and the results and the consequences of the inaction of this current administration. It has us looking at each other like what's really going on here, but we know what's really going on here. So we're going to talk about that today. But again, this is Black Free Thinkers, and again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. We encourage you guys to utilize critical thinking skills in every area of your life, not only when you're talking about religion and trying to get a better understanding of the religion, but in every aspect of your life. That means your employment or You know, if you're a small business owner, utilizing critical thinking skills to build that business if that's what you want to do. Um, Just, you know, again, we want you to prosper, be happy. And when I say prosper, I'm not talking about it from a capitalist lens, if you will. But, you know, prosperity is not only, you know, wealth, if you will, but that's also your health, your mental health, your physical health, you know, you know, every aspect of your life. So, you know, I just want you to be okay out there because it's not okay out there, you know, and what we're facing and what we're dealing with. So today's show title is Slave Patrols, Lynchings, and Slavery in the Era of Trump. Again, that's Slave Patrols, Lynchings, and Slavery in the Era of Trump. So what I wrote up here was, please join us Sunday as we discuss the coronavirus and its impact on black communities. Not only are we continue, not only are we expected to maintain our daily lives, and within our daily lives, we have that stress, we have illnesses, we have family, we have our deal with our finances and so much more. We are also expected to continue to endure the dehumanizing manner in which we're treated in this country. The white supremacist powers that be demand that we turn a blind eye to the atrocities that are visited upon us on a daily basis with glad tidings that dance for the occasion in a song on our lips, right? So how long do we expect? 
expect, how long do they expect us to endure the suffering? Why do our so-called leaders continue to fail us? Why are we asking or begging to be recognized as human beings deserving of fair treatment, equal rights, economic justice, social justice, and so much more? When are we going to not only say enough is enough, but demonstrate that we aren't going to take the abuse anymore? And I think those are very valid questions, right? So, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I've I've been seeing more talking heads on television saying these things. However, they're not your typical talking heads that you see on television. Um, You know, these are people that normally aren't featured, but because they may have achieved some some type of status, they're now getting more featured on these shows. And you can see that the anchors are nervous when these people start talking about these issues. And what's funny is some of these same issues are things that I talked about, been talking about since 2011, right? You know, so and it's just interesting how people are now speaking up and saying these things in public that I've been saying for a while and that other people have been saying way before me. So it's nothing unique on my end. It's just that people are becoming more vocal. You know, I've told you all a long time ago, you know, for those that are eligible to for gun ownership, that you may want to investigate or possibly purchase a firearm legally and learn how to use it and shoot back. And so we'll talk about a little bit about that more um, as the show goes on. So I missed you guys. And I hope you missed me too. I hope the mic sounds good. I hope you're getting the sound. I hope it's all good on your end. But it's been a lot happening in my life. And, you know, another one of the reasons why I took a step back is because everything that's happening with this coronavirus really had my head spinning you know, really had my head spinning at what was happening in this country. And when it was finally revealed that the black and brown communities were being disproportionately affected and impacted by this coronavirus, how it went from, yes, we must do something about this. Oh, it's the black and brown people. Oh, well, whatever. It'll go away on its own. You know, we don't have to, you know, develop a vaccine. It'll just go away, poof. Puff the magic dragon, right? And and it's just amazing how it turned around. They want to reopen the economy, force people to go back to work. So, you know, for those of you who do not know this, if you refuse to go back to work, if your company opens back up and you refuse to go back to work, there is a database. Some people say it's a secret database, but it's all in news, so it ain't secret no more. But your employer can, can can basically tattle on you or report you for not wanting to come to work because of the coronavirus. And, of course, there are consequences for that. And so that's why, you know, I have end slavery in the era of Trump because it's nothing but modern-day slavery. And so what I find interesting is, you know, you, know, you guys, I love that book, um, Afro-Pessimism by Frank Wilderson. And I will tell you guys, go and read that book. And the reason why it relates to me so much is that I remember, you know, growing up um, in my young adulthood and now in my middle age, you know, different people, different conversations over the years. And they would be like, well, Kim, you're so cynical. Sometimes you can be so negative. You know, you can be so pessimistic. Because I was never one of those people who truly believed that we could clean things up from the inside of the system. 
I always believed that we were going to have to deconstruct and dismantle the system and then rebuild it. And that is the only way we can get justice. And, you know, you have these people that are out here saying, no, we must work through the system. It must be a gradual change. You know, you all have attached yourselves to that rhetoric because that is all it is. It is rhetoric. There is no action behind it, and they do not plan to have any action behind it, which I find interesting because now Jim Crow Joe Joe Biden he basically has put out, laid out this agenda for the black community. So in all fairness and full disclosure here, I have not had the time to read it. Not because I didn't have the time, but because my naps were more important. So I'll take, I'll take some time out and read it, you know. And I know, you know, this coronavirus thing has had a severe impact on me, you know, a little depressed behind it, some anxiety all of those things, because it's like, what do you do? How do you help other people? And, you know, and I am, I will tell you in a heartbeat, I will help you. If you need help, you let me know, I'll help you. But sometimes there comes a time, especially with me, whereas I have to pull back because I can't even help myself at that, at that point. And, you know, a lot has happened in my life over the past couple of years and, you know, still trying to, you know, pull myself together from all of that. So it's been a little difficult, you know, so I don't want people to think that I abandoned them, but I needed some time to take a breath. I needed some time to decompress. I needed some time to sleep things off, and that along with the surgery. And, again, this wasn't, you know, a tattoo removal. This was heart surgery. So, you know, um, I'm just asking you all to bear with me here. But, you know, modern-day slavery, because they are forcing people to go back to work. They are reopening these states, reopening these economies, and basically telling people you must go back to work, especially if you're a quote-unquote essential worker. And so what's interesting to me is, like, nobody, you know, they, they don't have enough people or anybody for that matter picking the vegetables. So you have, you know, entire farms, you know, um, like the tomatoes and the potatoes and, and, and the oranges, you know, a lot of the produce is going to waste because there's no one there to pick it. So they were destroying a lot of that produce, but I guess because of the outcry from the public, they are now trying to find ways to give it away or to sell it directly to the public. So if you do some Google searches, you can find out where you can purchase some of those things, but you can also find out where they're giving them away so that, you know, those that are, you know, have feeling food insecurity right now, there are some options out there. If you take a look at what's been happening with these food banks and how the, the, long, the lines have been blocks long, you know, and those that have been around, you know, you know, I believe in the food bank. I've given money to the food bank. I've volunteered at different food banks and, you know, it's, it's kind of hard work, but, you know, it's needed. People are out here hungry. And with this stimulus package, you know, the $1,200 that they were giving people, that's not enough money to take care of people's bills that have been unemployed, you know, by no action of their, of their own. It's just this is how this is going. People are being reduction in force, so they're being rift. They're being terminated, they're being laid off, they're being furloughed, whatever you want to call it, whatever the situation may be, people are not necessarily 
you know, receiving, you know, gainful employment, salary, or wages. You know, they have no money coming in. And, of course, yes, they did, you know, open up unemployment and is paying the salary plus $600 per week. And or is it per week? Yeah, it's per week because you get unemployment per week. And well, at least in Illinois, you do. And that's helping some people. But if you look at states like Florida, you know, that unemployment system is so chaotic that only I believe only 29% of the people who have applied for unemployment has received it. And it was the last governor who's now a congressman who signed off on this system, and it was done on purpose to make sure that people could not um, get their unemployment benefits. So if you're in Florida or you know someone in Florida, if you're in one of the other states that's also going through these technical difficulties, you know, you reach out to those people and tell them to keep trying to get their unemployment, just keep applying. And even those of you in gig jobs, right, so if you drive for Uber, Lyft, you know, Grubhub or what have you, you can apply for your unemployment too. They made exceptions to that with that stimulus bill. So it's important that you guys go out there and you read it, and it's important that you share that information because, you know, not only will the life you save may be your own, but your neighbors and your friends and your friends' friends and or just anybody, because I post the stuff on my wall. I post the information where you could go and apply for the stimulus, you know, because the IRS had to make a special website because at first they were trying to have you fill out all these crazy forms. You had to go and find all of the other paper, you know, crazy paperwork. And if you're someone who does not file taxes, then you didn't have that. So now you got to try to go back and get that information, whether you get your, you know, if you're disabled, if you get your disability from Social Security, you didn't have to worry about it. They were going to automatically deposit it into your account. But if you were getting your disability from a private company, then that's a whole different story there. So I'm glad they made the website. I put it on my wall. Um, I believe most people have seen it, but if you want me to repost it, hit me up. I'll repost it. I just may repost it anyway. Um, I'll tweet it out as well. I haven't been on Twitter since the beginning of March. Forgive me, guys. Every once in a while, you'll see something come out. But the reason for that is because I have these other applications where I can send tweets out and even post to my Facebook and not have either application open. So I know some of you are like, well, I see you posting. Yeah, but just because I'm posting, that doesn't mean that I'm on Facebook or on Twitter. And then also for those that like to send inboxes and DMs, I haven't really been checking those either. I really need to go back and look into that. But one of the things that I've learned is that the inbox is where you get in trouble. So <laughs> so anyway, saying all that to say this, that you have people who are essential workers, but yet they are still disrespected. You know, we have a lot of immigrants that come to this country and do many jobs, whether they're, you know, in the fields picking produce or vegetables or what have you, or if they're working in a home as a domestic, you know, and, and you know, they are not illegal. How can you be essential and illegal? That does not make any sense. And that's why I hope that people will stop using the word illegal when they're talking about these immigrants, because they have every right to be here as well, especially when they're doing jobs that keep the rest of us eating. 
that, you know, facilitate a way for some of you to continue to go to work. And so one of the <laughs> one thing that I found interesting, and so, yeah, guys, I'm just riffing right now. Um, one of the things that I found interesting is I've been reading a lot of different articles. And a couple of the articles were written by white women who were complaining about being at home and having to take care of their own children and having to cook their own meals and do their own laundry and still attend to that husband if they have one or a wife if they have one and how they felt it was so unfair and how, you know, in one particular article they were saying that, you know, the restrictions should be lifted so that they could have their help come back. And it's just really interesting because it it was just dripping with privilege and entitlement because they're being inconvenienced. Now, there was another article written by a white woman in which she, um, you know, a professional woman, I believe she was in academia, and she was saying how many of her friends, probably all white, of course, and how they were having a hard time writing, writing whatever it is they need to write reports, you know, their their blogs or, you know, grants or what have you, right, whatever is within the realm of their responsibilities, and how they were having a hard time writing, but their male peers and colleagues were able to continue to write with ease, and that's because they felt that disproportionately the bulk of, you know, dealing with the children, cleaning up the house, making the meals, you know, you know, taking care of the household fell on them and how it was unfair. And so, again, that is that privilege that a lot of white women have. They like to deny having that privilege, but it's also very obvious. And so I know I, I upset a lot of people, especially white women, because they used to love coming on my wall, but my block finger got real quick. Right. And so, you know, from now on, especially if I'm talking about some of the white feminists in the atheist community, I'm just going to refer to them as white Karens. Right. But, you know, the, the privilege comes out. And again, you know, white people in general, but especially white women like to hide behind that that false narrative, that false tro- tro- uh, trope of innocence. And, you know, it's it's just really interesting when you start watching, you know, what's happening. I see we have a caller here. Press 1 if you want to talk. And so today we're going to talk about a number of things that are happening. And, you know, I think we really need to discuss these things. So there have been things happening all over this country, but one thing that impacts all of us is the fact that they're calling this a recession, but this is not a recession. When Barack Obama was in office, they called it the Great Recession, and if it's a recession for white people, it's a depression for black people, black and brown folks, right? And so what's happening now is, you know, the economic the economic economist. Good Lord. I haven't been talking for a while. Work with me. The tongue is not agreeing sometimes. But you have the economists out here that are talking about how this is just the beginning and it's going to get worse. We have been telling you that for at least nine years. And this correction that we've seen in the market, this really should have happened toward the end of Barack Obama's presidency, but they were continuing to print money. 
and float us on a false economy. And the same thing happened in the first few years of Trump. But what's happening is that it's correcting itself, and the pandemic just turned it into a perfect storm. So that's what you're seeing happening now, but this is just the beginning. Um, I believe they say by the end of this month, unemployment will be at 20 to 25 percent. But again, that number is relatively low because they're not including people that have been unemployed, you know, for a while and people that are underemployed and people who just gave up. And there's, there are different ways that they calculate those numbers. And one thing I want you all to remember is the Trump administration was putting pressure on the states to basically suppress those numbers so that it wouldn't seem as bad as they try to falsely tout the economy as making a comeback. And I want to stress to you, the stock market is not a reflection of the economy, right? So Hubert Henry Harrison you know, one of the great black atheists of our time, you know, he was known as the Black Socrates. And he was a follower and a believer of Karl Marx. And he said, the touchstone of America is the condition of the black community. And you see how we're doing, you see how we're being treated. That is what's really happening in this country. And that is the true condition and true economic status of this country. And whether people want to accept it or not, we are right there at third world country status, and you all just need to accept it. But, you know, I say this gives us the opportunity to, again, dismantle and deconstruct this, this, this system and build it back up so that it is fair and equitable across the board. And, you know, I find it interesting because I've heard a couple of people who, again, when I hear them talk, all I can hear is Smurfette going, la, 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 using words like deconstruct and dismantle. They don't understand that. They don't know what it means. They just know that they're good talking points. And those talking points have been, you know, basically hmm, catered to them from someone who knows perfectly well that they don't understand. And if you go and you look at their platform and you listen to their talks, you'll see that they are one of those new Negroes that believe in gradual change, but really not so much. Because if you really listen to what they're saying and listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth, especially when the mic is off and the lights are down, they are nothing but one of those black nationalists that get along well with the white nationalists, and you can tell by the relationships and the fondness they have for each other because they believe in the same thing. You know, um, homophobic, patriarchal, you know, sexism. And yes, a woman can be sexist. A woman can be misogynistic. Yes, 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 yes. And they want the same thing. One wants it in white face. One wants it in black face. And you see that in different communities globally. So it's not just an American issue. But, you know, I definitely want you all to start paying attention because they don't understand. They don't necessarily, I won't say they don't understand. They don't believe that. These are just talking points. They're trying to make themselves relevant and trying to spit off talking points that people want to hear because they see what people respond to. But all I say is pay attention to how they act. Pay attention to what they're doing. Pay attention to how they're treating people. And that speaks for itself. 
and no one else has to say anything about it. But again, you know, again, they want the same thing as the white supremacists, but they want it in blackface. But they get along well. There's a reason for that. And so, you know, I guess we'll start getting into the show. But one of the things that I do want you all to take note of yet again is the social social safety net. So that's a social contract that the government has with their people, with, you know, their constituents, right, uh, or their proletariat. So basically the working class, the working poor, poor people. And see how it's been skewed. Now, one of the things that I've been telling you guys over the past nine years, because we've been doing this show for nine years, over the last nine years, I've been telling you all to keep an eye out for this correction in the market, and it's, it's here. I did not anticipate the pandemic, so that caught me by surprise like the rest of you. you know. But again, history repeats itself. If you go back and you look at what happened during the last um, pandemic, the Spanish flu, if you go back, all the way back to 1918, you'll see what happened. I need for you all to pay attention to what happened during the pandemic and afterwards in relation to black and brown communities. And I think, hold on a second here, what black and brown communities and and how they were treated. You know, so if you go back, you'll see about, you know, Black Wall Street. You know, you'll see about Rosewood, um, you know, Wilmington, you know, North Carolina, and, and, and a number of black prosperous cities and towns throughout the United States, how they were destroyed, how people's property, you know, was taken from them. And to this day, these county governments are finding these deeds in the name of black people, and they shred them because the white families took it over and claimed it as their own. And this is why we talk about these things, because in the majority of these cities that were pillaged and burned and, and killed off, you know, the white preachers <laughs> were nailing edicts to the door of the church telling the black people to surrender themselves. They were walking to the black homes and showing the lynch mobs where the black people lived, especially the black people who were members of that church congregation. So the pastor knew where they lived, you know, so... Again, you know, the history of the racism of the church, the history of the racism in this country, the history of black people acquiring and maintaining wealth, but having it snatched from them. See, this is the thing. You will have people out here saying black people need to do A, B, C, D, and E, and then we'll be fine. Look, black capitalism is not going to save us. And I don't know how many more times to tell you that capitalism does not work and it's not going to save us. But here's the thing right here. Yes, we know how to do these things. The problem is how do we keep it? That's the problem. We can rebuild all of this stuff. We know we can. If you pay attention, when everything goes to hell in a, high, in a hand basket, who do, they, who do they come get? They get the black people to fix it. So... I just need you to pay attention. History repeats itself. It's just a new name. It may be a new city, but it's the same bullshit over and over again. So going back to the social safety net or the social contract that the government has with their people, the Republicans and some moderate conservative Democrats, as well as some of the liberal Democrats and some of these progressives, they want to dismantle that social contract. 
And I, I need for you all to understand that there are some Democrats in name only. And they wear the cape of the Democratic Party. But they vote alongside or in tandem or in conjunction with the Republicans. And you really need to go back and look at their voting records and pay attention. But what the federal government is doing, especially the Republicans, right, what they're doing is they're trying to dismantle these social um, safety net programs, these entitlement programs, and they're trying to push them off to nonprofit organizations, primarily the churches. And you'll have some other, you know, um, 501c3, 405s out there that are receiving benefits and, and that tout, you know, these different services. However, they do not have the social matter, I'm sorry, they do not have the subject matter experts nor the infrastructure to, to efficiently implement these programs. And there is a lot of corruption and theft and all of that within these organizations and is going to fail. And they know it's going to fail. They want it to go away. Now, if nothing has taught you anything, this pandemic coming at this time should have taught you that there is a reason why we have these social safety net programs and why they are important because many of us that were giving food and giving money to these, you know, food banks and other organizations to help the community, now many of us are recipients of those same services. Pay attention. I need you to pay attention because they want them to go away. And many of them, you know, are libertarians. Uh, The only difference between a conservative Republican and a conservative libertarian is the conservative libertarian wants marijuana to be legal and they want sex work to be legal, right? That's the only difference between the two. They don't want their children going to school with yours. They want to be able to discriminate and say we don't serve black people in this restaurant. Um, Black and browns or the coloreds need not apply to this job. That's a wet dream for them. And for those of you that are out there calling yourselves libertarians, I, I advise you to go and read up on history before you call my show and, and, and try to enlighten me, if you will, on libertarianism. Because I will light you up. And most of you all don't even know where a lot of that came from. Anne Rand, Atlas Shrugged, Fountainhead. Go back. It's really juvenile and it's selfish and it's childish. And many of you all will not hold up to the task if it were implemented. So be careful what you're asking for. But I'm not worried about it because most of the libertarian candidates that they run for office have been absolute idiots. So anyway, we're going to get started into the social safety net program. I see we got someone on the line. I'm going to bring them into the conversation right now. And I think I know who this is. Hey, oh, maybe they're not ready yet. I'll go ahead and put them back on. <laughs> but if you want to talk, go ahead and press one. Let me know. So. Let's talk about the social safety net. So if you guys, you know, there's an article in the Atlantic, right, that I definitely want you guys to go back and to read. And it's talking about what happened with the coronavirus. So this was written by Adam Serwer. So Adam Serwer, S-E-R-W-E-R, and the title of the article, the coronavirus was an emergency until Trump found out who was dying, right? 
So the name of the article again is the coronavirus was an emergency until Trump found out who was dying. So it says the pandemic has exposed the bitter terms of our racial contract, which deems certain lives of greater value than others. And, you know, it's talking about, you know, what's been happening in this country. And I, I really would encourage you guys to go and read that. And, you know, those of you know who I am, you know I love books. As a matter of fact, I'm opening up my phone now. Let me go into my Kindle. And I'll just read off what I have, a few books that I think will help you out during this time. So, and it's no, it's, it's no rhyme or reasons to the names of the books, but I believe these are books that you all will enjoy. So one book is We Will Shoot Back, Armed Resistance in the Mississippi Freedom Movement, right? Of course, Afro-Pessimism by Frank Wilderson, right? That's another one. Um Anything by Hubert Henry Harrison. That's my guy right there. Uh, let's see here. What's here? Let me see here. Yeah, you all don't want to know about those books. I don't talk about those very often. Um, let's see here. Um, there's one called Social Contract, and, you know, that will be a good book for you guys to read as well. Um, Black America asking ourselves the tough questions, right? That's another book. Um, it's just it's a number of them. I know you all aren't here to hear me read off my reading list to you guys, but that's one of the things that I do when I run into academics. I'll ask for a syllabus or something of that nature from them or a reading list, right? And Because and, I love it. And those of you that have been around, you know I love telling you guys about these different books that I have, you know, and so I have so many books, it's ridiculous here, you know, Making the Second Ghetto, Race and Housing in Chicago. Now, Dr. Kianga Yamada Harris wrote, wrote a book about Chicago and wrote about redlining and, and how the federal government was complicit in, you know, mortgages, you know, uh, that were given to white you know, white bankers or white borrowers, but they weren't extended to black borrowers, right? So you would get these subprime mortgages, you would have to buy these homes on lease-to-own contracts, and that is showing up again. And right now, you know, I've told some people that I know to be very careful about buying a house right now. Um, and, and so, you know, these are things that you need to think about. Um, another book, The Possessive Investment in Whiteness and How White People Profit from Racism, and that is the absolute truth. Um, Race, Racism, and American Law from Derek Bell. Um, another one, let's see here. We all know I love that book by um, Michael Lackey, Black Atheist, um, White Atheist, um, you know, go and check that out as well. Uh, let's see here. I have a number of books that I would recommend to you guys. But, you know, maybe I'll post some of that up a little bit later. Um, you may want to pick up Huey P. Newton, The Radical Theorist. Um, you know, so these are just the books on my Kindle. And I'm not even a third of the way through. Let's go to my Audible and let's see what's in here going to my library. 
And I got some of everything in here. You have the book Evicted by Matthew Desmond. Um, Manufacturing Consent, that's by Noam Chomsky. And Edward Herman, um, that's a good book. You know, it's not, it's, it's a good book. I would tell you guys to go and look at that as well. Um, you have, well, I'm not going to talk about that book. I'm going to scroll on by that one because I don't think you're ready for that one yet. I'm not even ready for that one yet. How We Get Free by Kianga Yamada Taylor, um, How to Be Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. Uh, let's see, what else is here? I have a number of books. I haven't read this one yet, but I'm, I'm going to get into it soon. But Divided by Faith, that looked really interesting to me. My favorite book of all time, The, Fe the Fire Next Time by James Baldwin. If you all are looking at the show page, you'll see that there are four different quotes by James Baldwin. And to me, they articulated, you know, how many black and brown people are feeling at this time in this country and the way that we're being treated, even with the coronavirus happening here. Um, you know, black people are still being shot down, you know, by the police. You have just a number of things. You have these militia groups and these white supremacists forming lynch mobs and going to black homes, and we're going to talk about that today. You may want to look into Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talent. Those two books, you know, were kind of, you know, prescient, right, of what's happening now. Tenerife Do, they did um, an online um, discussion, and you can find that, but they did it this weekend. As a matter of fact, I think it was yesterday. So you may want to go out and take a look and look for that. You have Dying of Whiteness by Jonathan Metzl. And a number of them, they were her property by Stephanie E. Jones Rogers. And that specific book right there talks about the white women and how they were complicit in slavery and the mistreatment of blacks. And sometimes the worst beatings the blacks would receive were from the hands of the white women. And some white women did own slaves and and. You know, you had to go back because back then, a, a lot of women, white women specifically, had to marry to own property. And it, it was just a big old clusterfuck. And, you know, I'm not here today to explain that or to talk about that. But anyway, in this particular article, I'll read the title again because I went on into my book list. The coronavirus was an emergency until Trump found out who was dying. It was written by Adam Serwer, S-E-R-W-E-R, -E -E and you can find this on The Atlantic, right? And so in this article, he, he's talking about Ahmad Arbery. That was the black man who was jogging through his neighborhood. And a father and son team, Gregory and Travis McMichael, decided that they wanted to stop him. And, and they told authorities they thought he was a burglary suspect, so they armed, him, armed themselves. And then they shot him. Now, what's interesting is there was a video taken of that particular incident. And it had been circulating within, you know, the different police agencies. And basically nothing had happened. What happened was a white lawyer released that video to the media. He released it thinking that it would show the, the, the two assassins in a better light. He thought they would come out smelling like roses when the video was revealed, right? However, what it did is it kicked off a federal investigation, and there was an outcry. 
And there's another article out here, and it talks about that specifically. And, you know, and I'll get to that. You know, as a matter of fact, let me tell you the name of these articles so you all can just go ahead and 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 bookmark them yourselves, and I'll post them a little later. But one article was written by Charles Blow, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. Another black man falsely accused to be a criminal is dead. Again, the name of the article, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery, is written by Charles Blow, and it's in the New York Times. Now, I'm going to post that, and I'm going to post the um, information that goes along with it because it's behind a paywall. Um, another article, this was written on The Intercept. So you can find this on The Intercept. The name of the article is The Perversity of Needing to See Ahmad Arbery Die on Video to Recognize that His Black Life Mattered. Again, The Perversity of Needing to See Ahmad Arbery Die on Video to Recognize that His Black Life Mattered. And this was written by Natasha Leonard. Again, Natasha Leonard. L-E-N-N-A-R-D. You can find this on an intercept. Another article that I would like for you to go and read, this is on Killing the Breeze, right? That's, that's the name of the website, killingthebreeze.com. Ahmad Arbery was just another old-fashioned American lynching. Again, Ahmad Arbery was just another old-fashioned American lynching. It was written by Quasi France. Again, Quasi France, K-W-A-I-S-I France. And I want you to go and read that as well. And I'm going to tie that into the original article that I was reading here about the social contract. But what happened was that white lawyer released it. It kicked off a federal investigation. Now the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is taking charge. So now they're getting ready to be brought up on federal charges. But it took two and a half months for them to be arrested. The reason why, when this case was referred to the district attorney, she decided that she didn't want to prosecute it, but she re she recused herself and she said that it should not be prosecuted. It was then sent over to a federal judge. The federal judge recused himself and said that it should not be prosecuted. Now, the father was once an investigator or an officer, so he had connections to the DA as well as the judge. And that is why they did not want to move forward with any charges against this father-son lynching, you know, domestic terrorist team, right? And it was released for the wrong reasons, but we're happy that it was released However, I want you all to look at the political side of that. Look at this through a political lens. Because these people were, well, the, the father was a police officer or, you know, um, you know, an officer of the court in some manner, right, whether he's an investigator or an officer, they didn't want to prosecute. Even though they knew it would be outcry if we knew exactly what happened, and you had people that were pressuring you know, the cheddar tater tot to say something about this. And his response was, well, there may be something on a tape that we haven't seen yet. That was his response. You know, um, and again, this show is black free thinkers, but we are not the Kanye and Candace Owens kind of free thinkers, okay? Candace Owens came out with a statement saying that there had been robberies in that neighborhood and, and, and who goes jogging in khaki shorts. 
that that was her retort to all of this. However, there had been no robbery reports in that community for weeks. So I'm trying to understand where she got that from. And But even if there had been robberies in that particular community, who are you to be judge, jury, and executioner? Talking about he fit the description. We all freaking fit the description according to you. You know, that's why people are hesitant, especially black people are hesitant to wear these masks that you're telling us to wear. There have been countless reports of people being harassed by the security guards and the police officers in these stores saying that they looked like they were up to something or under some other type of false pretense. And I remember when those articles were coming out and I posted a couple of them. And, you know, sometimes I'll be on Facebook and I won't post anything, but I'll look through the news feed just to see what some people are saying. And, of course, white people with their, how can I put it, blinded by their own privilege. Well, I don't understand. You know, he's just going to the store. And and they shouldn't be afraid to have a mask on. I don't understand. I'm not afraid to have a mask on. But you're a lot less likely to be chased down and tackled in the middle of the store when all you did was smell the damn shampoo to see if you enjoyed the scent of roses and charcoal, right? And so I just find it interesting, you know, and, you know, all of this is happening on top of the corona. This has not stopped. As a matter of fact, it seems like it's ramping up, which is why I'm telling you all to go back 100 years to 1918 with that particular pandemic and follow the timeline, follow the lynchings, follow the, you know, the lynch mobs, follow all of those things that were happening then because it's a direct reflection of what we're dealing with now. And so... All right, so the two men were chasing, you know, um, this young man here. And, you know, his name, again, for those that don't know, Ahmad Arbery, right? So they were chasing him. But the video that came out, that was taken by one of their friends who was also armed and with them chasing him down. So he videoed this, you know, for whatever perverse reason he videoed it. And, 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 and that's how the video evidence came into play. Now, what I want you to remember is back when, you know, and they've never stopped lynching, but I'm just going back 100 years. They would have picnics, watch these people burn, watch them hang from trees, snap pictures, send, out the, send them out as postcards, cut off pieces of these people's bodies, and, and take them home as trophies and presents. And all of that, now I need you to understand, it was black men and black women that were being lynched. You know, I put out some articles about how some Latinx folks were lynched. I put out articles about how some Filipinos were lynched, as well as Mexicans, as well as some white people, which is why I find it interesting when I run across a racist Irish, Jewish, or um, Italian person. And, you know, the other ones as well, but those three specifically because Italians and Irish people were definitely thought of as being guineas, which is another version of the N-word, if you didn't know. And so, you know, I talk about how a lot of this pain and 
a lot of this anger has been passed down through the generations. You know, again, when you have these ethnic and honorary white people, many of them do not know their own history. And James Baldwin said that. He said white people are caught up in a history that they do not know and they do not understand. And so all they know is in order for them to to be a part of this American fabric, this American society, that it entails them oppressing black people. So, you know, their their forefathers and mothers knew that in order for them to be a part of that particular vingram, for them to get their slice of the American pie, that it was tied into anti-blackness, Right. And so that's been passed down through the generations. Many of them have no idea why they hate black people, but they do because that's what's been taught to them. And that's why I look at people when they say that we will change things through the children, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily. So, I mean, I just think it's important. I see we got a caller here. Let me pull them into the conversation. Hey, is this who I think it is? Yeah, it is. Very cold, 202. Hey, how you doing, Jacob? Hey. Yeah, I just looked up the Italian lynchings, the worst case of lynchings in America. Not mm-hmm. only did they lynch some black people down in New Orleans on March 14, 1891, they also lynched 11 Italian Americans exactly. on that day. Exactly. And there are many more that than boys that. boys went crazy. Oh, yeah, there's many exactly. more. But, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. So they were talking about so how the why. Italians became white, just what you were talking about. Exactly, how the Italians became white, how the Irish became white. And, you know, look it up online. I mean, there are books with those specific titles, how how the Irish became white, you know, how Jews became white. Jewish people were not recognized as white until the 60s. And nope. how quickly they forget. Mm-hmm. You I know. heard a story, I don't know how true it is. But I tend mm-hmm. from coming from the source, but I heard a story along. It was about talking about like down in the South in the 60s. And they were, you know, some of the Jewish communities were getting together. I want to say it was in, um, in Georgia. And um, they were like, well, what do we do about this? Let's, you know, I want, we want to support, you know, the blacks to get their rights because it's going to help us too. And that was the conversation. And um, some, people said no let's try to let's you know why are we gonna fool with that when we can be honorary white people right and uh that was a decision that was made in new orleans i mean i know other people have written about that but um mm-hmm. yeah that's that's what i that's what i heard from someone who was in the room at the time right so one of my pop soul friends well at least her mother exactly was, i think mm-hmm. yeah no you're absolutely so. correct and that's why I bring mm-hmm. these things up so people can understand you got to know the history, you know, but even the people that are perpetrating some of this, this terrorism, they don't even understand why they're doing some of the things that they're doing. And let me give you the call-in number, guys, 310-982-4273. Again, 310-982-4273. You can just listen in. If you want to speak, press 1, and then I'll pick up. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, yeah, but no, it's important that people understand that history. Go ahead, honey. Yeah, I mean, like, they they don't even realize that this whole thing of racism and all this other crap, it's a relatively new, it's it's a relatively new as far as in human history, you know, 
this thing right. came about, you know, once they started slavery in America, they couldn't have them Irish and them Negroes working together, you know, to overthrow the Anglo-Saxons. So they came up with right. this thing of, oh, you're better than that person over there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's what they came up with it, and that's that's just the whole nonsense of it. But we are all falling for the, the okey-doke when it comes to this whole thing, you know. Exactly. So that's that's exactly. you know that's it. I mean, this whole thing is nonsense. I mean, hell, if you want to get really technical, 1600s, 1700s, most of the European royal families were in part black. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Most of their most notable people, they talk about as the pinnacle of whiteness because they made a concerto and stuff like that, were in part white. You know, exactly. and that's all the that's the British royal family, that's the Russian royal family, that's all the royal families in between, and especially the uh, Spanish royal family. You know, exactly. It wasn't about exactly. race; it was about this BS religion, and it was about this BS religion, and it was about um, just stealing land, making money. Exactly, you know? and and give you an idea that how all of this is politically motivated, just in general. They got this quote by Lyndon B. Johnson. If you can convince the lowest whoops, if you can convince the lowest white man that he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. Exactly. exactly. That's exactly what they're doing right now. Not only do they get pockets picked, they're gonna end up dying. They're going to end up losing their family members because we have to open the country for the economy. <laughs> right, right, right. And see, and this, and this is the thing that, that kills me. You know, the same people that are out here saying open the economy, you know, were the same ones wanting to basically mow us down in their cars when we were protesting saying Black Lives Matter, and, and they were responding with All Lives Matter you know, except for Granny, and <laughs> except for, you know, because they, they, they don't mind killing off Granny and Grandpa if it's going to bring the economy back, you know. And, well, they're going to get that, what? you know, gr- Granny had money, mm-hmm. so, you know, bump that chick. Let's <laughs> 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 <must> be real. <laughs> <laughs> that is I want my inheritance now. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Yeah, hey, I said that out loud, didn't I? Who said that out loud? But that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, all lives matter until you have to cut your own hair, until you know you want to demand that people come back so that they can frost your bangs, right, and and clip your ends and and, and paint your toenails and and serve you overpriced food, right? Pretentious overpriced food at that, you know. But Man, you know, again. You know, you got some great articles out Starbucks here that is are essential. Starbucks hey is now, essential. hey now, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and and I'm gonna post this article because I really want people to read this one about America's racial contract is showing, and I want you to do a Google search on you know racial contract, and there is a book written uh-huh. by that name, but I can't remember the name of the author. I'm looking it up now. Um, but it's actually a really good book. I haven't had a chance to read the whole book, but I've kind of skimmed through it some. But um, okay. Charles W. Mills wrote that. 
Charles W. Mills wrote Racial Contract. So you want to look that up as well. But, um, you know, people are saying that the system is broken, but this system isn't broken. It's working exactly the way it was designed to work, which is why I Mm -hmm. say we cannot make these gradual changes. We cannot make the changes within. It hasn't worked, and it never will. It has to be destroyed. It has to be deconstructed. Okay, Danny Targaryen. All right, Danny Targaryen, we must break the wheel. Yes, <laughs> That's why you need to watch Game of Thrones, girl. I, I don't understand okay. it, man. You need to watch. You need to watch yourself in Game of Thrones. Got to learn about breaking the wheel. Yes. Uh huh. Because you guys, you're supposed to have some dragons. Hey, you're supposed to have oh, some I dragons. Oh, I need a dragon. That's why I keep telling people, don't poke the dragon. Don't poke the dragon, because I will poke back. Okay, fuck that. <laughs> just don't end up like Danny. That's all I'm saying. You know, don't end up like Danny. Danny, Danny didn't get it. Hey, you know kind of messed if up. If I go down in a blaze of glory, I'm gonna be like Cleo from Set It Off. God damn it! Oh, Danny, <laughs> Danny didn't go out like then. Danny didn't go out of blaze of glory. You know, it didn't oh, work he didn't out go out of the blaze of glory. Well, nah, no, she didn't. Fine. She didn't go out in the blaze of glory. Yeah, you don't want to. No, I pass on yeah. that. Don't well, want, I, don't want I'm that Cleo. Happen. I'm Cleo then, goddamn. Yeah. I got to give me some. I got to give right. me some French. No, we're not Cleo because you're going to live and you're going to be okay. living in another country someplace, <laughs> relaxing, chilling. Yeah, because you know. I'm thinking I'm going to leave this place. I don't know how much I can do this. You know, but the thing is, mm-hmm. is that you know, this, this, this white supremacist movement is global. And I remember bringing it to people's attention, and they would get angry with me, like, why are you talking about what's happening in France, and blah, blah, blah. And see, and that's one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of Republicans. And, and the Russians are pushing it. Hmm? And the Russians are pushing it. Of course. You know, but the mm-hmm. black Republicans, I remember some black Republicans got angry with us because we were talking about bringing back these girls. And they were like, why are you concerned with what's happening in Africa? And I'm like, because it's happening in the city near you. There are over 64,000 mm-hmm. missing black girls and women in this country, but you don't know about that. And even if you did, you don't give a fuck. So mm-hmm. there it is right there. They were against. Well, some of them do. They don't man. like they. They don't. They don't like their mama. That's that. Their mama. No. Their mama spanked them too much, and that's what I think. That's what part of that has to do with. But uh, spanked them too I much and know. made them go to church. You know, because I think that's the problem with a lot of the black atheists. They mad because their mama made them go to church. I wasn't happy with it either. But all I did was start asking crazy ass questions at church, and pretty soon they agreed with me that I didn't need to be there. So you just. <laughs> well, damn. Mm-hmm. You don't need you got ex, you got excommunicated, damn girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are excommunicated. You yes, shall not yes, yes. go into heaven. <laughs> Dang, that's pretty right, rough. right, yeah, you know. But you know what's mm-hmm. interesting is in this age of era, you know, this era of Trump mm-hmm. and with slave patrols, the lynchings and this modern day slavery that we're you know, we're living through, there are protests happening out here. And these protests mm-hmm. are not receiving type of news coverage because the Trump administration has suppressed these stories. And the media, mainstream media, they're afraid of angering him. But it don't matter what you say or do, he's always mad at you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not necessarily. Bill Scott Herring called it right. Mm-hmm. The revolution won't be televised. The revolution won't be televised. You know what I'm saying? That. That's all it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's interesting. You know, I'm not sure if you all know about this story coming out of North Carolina, but the title of this article is Cop Fired Faces Charges in Lynch Mob Incident After White Neighbors Rallied to Protect Black North Carolina Family. And this was written by Jeffrey Martin, and you can find it on Newsweek. Cops fired, well, Cop Fired Faces Charges in Lynch Mob Incident after white neighbors rally to protect black North Carolina family. And so basically in this story, there was a lynch mob that included an off-duty sheriff's deputy, right? And they went to this home and because they were looking for some black man. And a young man was in the house. He was doing whatever he was doing. He was knocking on the door. He went and answered. And there was a mob of white people out there demanding, you know, um, demanding information about a missing girl, and they were looking for someone named Josiah, right? He told them they had the wrong address and gone about your business, but the sheriff's deputy decided to put his foot in the door and basically told him that you're going to let me in and we're going to talk. And the young man was like, no, I'm not. Now, his mom was asleep, but she heard the commotion, and she got up, and she came to the door, and the sheriff's deputy said the same thing to her. And she's like, no, you are not getting in my home. And so apparently someone had called the police. The police came out. Um, the police didn't arrest anyone. Um, and I guess, you know, um, someone in charge, I don't know if it was the sergeant or the lieutenant that came out that night, he returned the next day and basically told her that they are going to investigate it and that the situation was complicated. And she never heard anything else from them, right? And so what happened was it got released to the media. There was an outcry behind this. And basically the um, the sheriff's deputy, or it says here he's a correction officer, Jordan Keita, Basically, he was terminated. So he was fired, and they're expecting to charge him with forcible trespass, breaking and entering, and willful failure to discharge duties. And he was armed and in uniform while committing the crimes in a county he was not duly sworn in and in pursuit of personal, not law enforcement purposes. So he got he got fired, right? And there are other members of that particular lynch mob that are now being charged. But, of course, they're being charged with misdemeanors of being armed to the, to the terror of the public. And so it's just really interesting how, you know, you're seeing more of these situations happen because this isn't the only one. I just don't have time to go through all of them. But, you know, it's out there. And, and you know, and they that should go after man, And they should go after and they should go after the police too for not doing their damn job. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Come back to my community. house. Say it's complicated. I got you complicated. Exactly. exactly. But the white community. It's complicated when you give me that money. <laughs> there you go. The white community mm-hmm. that they lived in came out to the defense of that black family, and apparently the young man they were looking for lived next door and had moved about a month earlier. You know. Oh, but, also you know, wasn't they, uh, also wasn't the kid that they were they were they were harassing? Wasn't he in also in the um, police academy? I don't know. I didn't read. Oh, was I don't that another case? That I think yeah, that's I think another, that was another case. case. Yeah, oh, okay. you know, but that community is ninety eight percent white, 
but the entire neighborhood went to their defense and showed up when that mob showed up. They came out and they stopped the mob, and they're the ones who called the police, and they mm-hmm. they defended that family, you know. So, you know, when you hear me talking about white people and white supremacy and all of that, I'm speaking in general terms. However, when I talk about white people and their white privilege and white supremacy still being alive and active because it, it, it benefits white people, I'm talking about all white people then because – you know, many of you get angry and upset because I make you uncomfortable or I cause you discomfort, I cause you to question yourself. Again, that is the purpose and the mission of this show. That is what I do. I want you to think about these things that are happening and how you are complicit in these things. And the only way we're going to destroy or dismantle or deconstruct white supremacy, white people are going to have to do the heavy lifting. It benefits you. You have to t- you have to tear it down, and that's one of mm-hmm. the reasons why our black and brown voices aren't going away, because something has to be done. Like I said, you know, a long time ago to the black community, we are in trouble. We really are, and um, it's just, you know, we we got to do something, you know, because there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide, and we shouldn't have to. But not only that, we should not be subjecting ourselves to asking and begging for, you know, to be treated properly, to be treated with respect, to have, you know, the same opportunities as everyone else. We shouldn't have to beg or ask for that. We should be demanding it. We should be fighting mm-hmm. back. And enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just wishing sure. everybody else would stand up. But not only that, what's happening now in this country as a whole with the coronavirus Everybody should be out, with, you know, again, socially distanced, so everybody can't be out in the streets, but there are different ways in which we can protest. However, some of the ways that we protest will help, will hurt some folks. And, you know, that's where, you know, you know, we have to figure out. But I did support, you know, the people, the workers that protested Whole Foods and Amazon and Walmart and McDonald's, the employees that walked off the job or refused to go to work because many of these companies were not safeguarding the health and the well-being of their employees, and that's just wrong. And, again, yeah, you know, and Mm -hmm. I just think it's important for people to understand because you're nothing but a modern-day slave. You know, in the in how they treated you know the people that are incarcerated, I mean, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. And then paying them six dollars and twenty five cents an hour to dig mass graves. And I said the only way many of these white people, and this is the truth, will protest, you know, what's happening right now is when a Big Mac is twenty dollars and they can't afford to give their kid a Happy Meal. And that's the <laughs> truth. And we're at that at this point. For some folks, you know, because it's like you you have people out here who are hurting in a lot of ways. And, you know, there should have been a federal moratorium on rent and mortgage payments because that's mm-hmm. how bad it is out here for some folks. You know, yeah, the only reason have, why more Their businesses and stuff should have gotten the salaries, like, you know, give the money directly to the businesses. Have them pay their employee salary and keep it moving, but they didn't want to do that, and and now they're they're saying, oh, well, the economy's going to collapse if if we don't get this money for this, if we don't let people go back to work. 
you know, and that was the okie doke. And I blame Pelosi for that because it seems right. like to me that some of the Democrats, not all the Democrats, you know, you have some really good ones out there, but you also have people like Pelosi who it seems incapable of playing long ball. Absolutely right. incapable. And, uh, exactly. you know, and she got, you know, I mean, really, you're going to go into negotiations with this damn uh, uh, administration? No, that's not how we're going to do this. You put out your bill and say this is what it's going to be. And if they do it, great. If they don't, blame them. <laughs> that's right. how you keep it moving. Exactly. But, exactly. You know, but I want to clarify yeah, a point so people will understand. I call Joe Biden Jim Crow Joe because of past legislation and comments that have come out of his mouth. However, you know, he's the Democratic nominee. I'm going to vote for him just like I didn't like Hillary, but I voted for her, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to Trump. Mm-hmm. Now, you all see how Trump is acting, like especially this last two years. The next four years, if he's reelected, it's going to be pure D hell. And I'm telling you, and you see how he has totally screwed up this pandemic, how the hospitals didn't have the PPE that they needed, and the states didn't have the PPE that they needed. And when they ordered and happened to get some PPE in, it was being confiscated by the federal government. And that's why you have certain states safeguarding all of their PPE and ventilators and everything that they ordered with the state troopers and the National Guards in their states. Because they don't feel mm-hmm. like getting robbed by the federal government. Yeah, you know, by Jared Kushner's little gang. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, this is this is something else, you know, just to see this. I mean, I didn't like Hillary either, but I'm like this. She'd have done a hell of a lot better job than this fool. We wouldn't have right. had if we had a Corona. We'd had like a couple cases here and there. You know, it wouldn't have been a situation where, you know. We're going to shut down the borders to China, and then it comes in from Europe. Wouldn't have been mm-hmm. that type of situation, you know. Right. And if it did get into an outbreak, they would have marshaled their forces and made sure that we cut this thing off, you know. And, like, you've seen these people, all these Russian trolls in, in different Facebook groups and stuff talking about, mm-hmm. I'm not going to vote. Proud of it. they proud of it. I'm not going to vote because both parties are messes up. No, this is what you do. You vote for the most progressive congressman, and, you know, if you haven't had your primaries yet, you vote in your primaries for the most progressive one, and that's how you handle that, you know, because it looks like the Democrats are going to select so far, unless something changes, we're going to have Biden, okay? Right. But you can push Biden. You can push Biden by getting him a Senate that's Democratic Senate. You can push Biden by making sure you have a progressive house. If the if the House gets to forty percent of the Democratic caucus is 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 um, decidedly left wing, mm-hmm. oh, they can do all kinds of stuff. It'll be just like the Tea right. Party, because now they're going to have to yeah, kiss yeah. all the behinds of all the progressives in order to stay elected, and that's going to be a right, really interesting we, show. Well, yeah, but we also have to be careful with those progressives. Because some of those progressives, again, they carry the cape of the Democratic Party, and whatever color they chose for progressive is that colored cape with a big old D on the back of it. But many of them will get out here and spout out these, you know, anti-racist talking points, but don't believe a damn word of it. Will be the first. I'm talking about the AOC in them. I'm talking about the AOC crowd. That's a little different. You know, no, no, they, I understand they the what real you're saying, deal. but I want to. 
but I have to call out the other ones that are on some bullshit because I want to make sure that, you know, we don't delude ourselves and, and people don't take this as we're, we're, you know, rooting for all of the progressives. Some of them are horrible, but not all of them. But, yeah, the AOC crowd is a totally different crowd, and they're pushing them, which is why they're primarying some of these people that should have been gone out of office a long time ago. Some of them? They're primarying right. all of them. They're primarying yeah. all of them. All these, all these Democrats are just sitting in the office. Forever, don't ever take a risk on anything. In fact, um, the one that I have in my district, his behind's gotten pushed so far to the left. I know, I know he's hurting because <laughs> he can't, he can't do his normal centrist BS, you know. Right. And uh, exactly. he's getting pushed so hard to the left, and that's the thing. Like he is not a he is not a progressive. He is a centrist, and uh, right. but he's getting pushed. He's getting pushed. He even had to change some of his staff around because both all of them are a bunch of centrists too. So it's uh, exactly. interesting. I'm loving it. I'm yeah, loving it. You know, just seeing how far you can push them and and holding them accountable. You know, and it's important that we do that. But I also want to make sure that there are some people out there that do not vote, and I don't shame them. You know, it's it's their decision to make. However, I say if you don't vote in a federal election, make sure you vote in a state and in the local elections because that's going to impact you far greater than a federal election. However, given what we just went through with this coronavirus, you know, I would just ask you to think about it. But if you choose not to, it is what it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I understand that logic, too. But, yeah, definitely vote. You don't have to vote for president, but vote for everything else underneath that. Because let's be real, right. if Trump gets reelected, you know, he's gonna get impeached again. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, and and if they get a supermajority in the um in the in the Senate, he gone. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. He gone. So. Yeah, McConnell. But is I would like to see primary. him out of there. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. all of us would like to see him out of there. And, you know, and again, you know, there were people who voted for Trump in 2016 because they thought it was funny until if they found out that documented immigrants were being deported out of this country, too. Because I remember, you know, because I know some documented immigrants, and they were like, well, we don't like them coming over here and doing A, B, C, D, and E. And I had to tell them, he's coming for you next. You are not safe. And they just looked at me, and I know they called me crazy, but that's all right, you know. But the thing is, is that it started happening. They were booting documented immigrants that were serving in the military, just straight kicking them out of the country. Mm-hmm. And it's important for you guys to understand and to know what was happening there. You know, a good friend of mine who was here that I worked with at a corporation way back in Atlanta, and she was from Peru. They were from Lima. And when she got deported, I was so upset, you know, because I spoke with her a couple of years ago, and I haven't spoken with her, but they didn't go to um, Peru. I think they went to Italy, her and her husband. They just went on to Italy somewhere. But, you know, know, I just sit back and I just look at this. I have a friend that's Portuguese, you know, but she's been here too long, so, you know, they're not really messing with her. She's a senior now. But um, Uh it's just, it's just. The whole thing, you know, and what's happening, you know, with them these lynch mobs forming, is nothing but another version of the slave patrols. And from the slave patrols came the police department. 
You understand? And, you know, and, uh-huh. and people need to understand the history of this and how it has never gone away. And this is why you hear people like me saying abolish the police. Abolish the police. And, and again, we're going to have to destroy that system to create a new system. And what I find interesting with some of these police officers, when they get angry at people, especially black people, oh, well, you all got that no snitch rule, and you won't talk to us, and you won't help us solve these crimes. Well, you took that job, Scooby-Doo. You go in and you solve it yourself. But you all have a no (laughs) snitch policy, too. So if you ain't Uh snitching, we ain't snitching. Fuck you. Hey. Well. You know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so, you know, with the lynchings, you know, again, white people like to labor under the delusion that, you know, it's only a lynching if they see somebody hanging from a tree or have someone tied to a damn stalk of bushes on fire and now they're a crispy critter. No, all of these videos that you see. Those that this is a modern high tech lynching. That is what that is. And when I went to that white humanist club and I said that. I shut down all those conversations. It was funny because there was this one white man, and he was laughing. Every time I would open up my mouth, he would crack up. And then after the meeting, he came up to me, and he gave me a hug, and he said, you are a breath of fresh air. But I ended up having to have coffee with the group leader. So they didn't quite like me just shutting down all their conversations. And I'm like, no, this is just a meeting for white people to get together, drink wine, and talk shit, and pat yourselves on the back for not being racist. And as I told them, being not racist is not enough. You have to be anti-racist. But, again, we have to be careful with that because you have a lot of liberals, moderates, and progressives out here saying that they are anti-racist and can give you those talking points. I had one tell, telling me why I had locks. And I'm like, that's not the reason why I got locks in my hair. And then they were sitting there looking confused. And I'm confused, oh, don't too, you hate that? I'm like, Don't you hate that? <laughs> it's a journey. It's not an experience. It's a journey. Man, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I was talking. I, I mentioned, you know, my local atheist group. I let mentioned that, you know, hey, I got one. I got one of the largest black atheist groups. And one, you know, and right on time, one of them got on there and said, uh, "Why do you have a black atheist group? What's wrong? Should we all be together? No." And they were like, well, why? I said, because you, some of you, not all of you, but some of you have a tendency to try to explain to us our problems and tell us what right. we should be doing. And we don't want right. to be white we don't know what's good And then this, yeah, and then this, 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 this white chick up at the group was like, yeah, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a story about what happened at one of our events. <laughs> and this is what happened. It's just like, yeah, this guy's going to tell her about what racism is. And how it should how it impacts her. Like what the hell? So she was like, right. yeah. So uh, yeah, go on, brother, <laughs> carry on. I was like, so well, I didn't need you, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that happens all the time, you know. Which is why I just let the atheist community have it, the white ones as well as the black ones, because again, you have quite a few black ones that want With the, the exception of BAA. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to get to there. You know, Black Atheists and Agnostics United International, guys. There are two two Facebook groups, Black Atheists and Agnostics United is one. 
Black Atheists and Agnostics United International is another, and there are a whole bunch of other ones as well. <laughs> but those are the main two right there. And, you know, and we're working on our project. Um, you know, we've been doing webcasts, and today we talked about mental health issues um, during the time of corona, and I'm going to go through and I'm going to post it later on today. But, no, it's absolutely correct. You know, let me read you two of the um, um, quotes I have by James Baldwin on the show. Oh, goodness. I can't even see this my damn self. This, the typeset is so small. I got to wait for it to enlarge. But anyway, we'll get to that when it gets there. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, white people are caught up in a history that they do not know and they do not understand. You know, that's one quote by James Baldwin, but it's not just white people. You have a lot of black and brown people that are in the same situation, which is why I think shows like ours are important to educate people, to let them know and to show them what is happening and why it's important for you all to know these things and how it does impact you deliberately, you know, or directly, right? You know, but um, again, <laughs> you know, it's like when you, you know get what, educated. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel a little bit better about this election. I'm looking at these polls, right? And the most recent poll has Nenze at 47 percent of the vote of the likely vote and Harrison at 43 percent in dark red South Carolina hmm how about that that's interesting don't oh, you yeah. think yeah you know, he's been we'll see, steadily thing, trending up oh yeah but well, see the thing is is that from the last election <laughs> The polls didn't matter. But, see, that goes back to what I said about the media. They are who made Donald Trump who he was. They made sure he won. They elected him. They elected Donald uh-huh. Trump. And that's why I didn't get angry with it when that one comedian <laughs> told them, you know, it's like, you know, that, 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 that X that you hate and you love at the same time. You know, but I had said pretty much the same thing before she even said it, you know, in that, in that roast session or whatever, you know, it was the um, the press luncheon or whatever that is, you know, have they had uh-huh. any, any more since then? I haven't seen any news coverage of that either, you know, but, not really, no, they kind of, they kind of, like, yeah. he didn't right like being right the now. butt of the joke, he didn't like being the butt uh-huh. of the joke, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, no, it's a lot that needs to change. But, you know, we have to be very careful with, um, you know, those polls. We have to be very careful with taking for granted that other people will make sure that, you know, things get better and that things change. And, you know, we also have to be careful with who we endorse and, and all of that. But going back to what I said about the white atheist community and the black atheist community, you know, you have a lot of black atheists that are just as bad as the white atheists. They want the same mm-hmm. thing as those people have, and they want all of the privileges that come with that, and their actions show that. However, mm-hmm. their results are shit. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and people well. know, and people kind of see through some of this shit, but yet they do it, and, and it's just interesting for some of them, you know, don't have a lick of originality, and for some of you, you know, there are some books that are out there. You don't have to buy those books. Just listen to my old podcast because that's where most of the material came from. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So there's that. But, um, huh, you know, the atheist community in and of itself tries to sell itself and 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 tries to sell itself and portray an image of a soft place to land when it's not. You know, you have a lot of black nationalists and white nationalists in this community. And within both of them, but, you know, I'm going to talk about the white nationalist community. You have a lot of clanners over here. You have the white supremacists, which is pretty much the same thing. But, you know, the white nationalists, you have your alt writers, you have your magtiles, all of them folks over here. And so this has been a global white supremacist movement. And that's why I was, you know, posting those things and telling folks that this is coming to a city near you. Well, it's here. And you see what's happening mm-hmm. over in Brazil. You have Bolsonaro and, you know, that one woman, I forgot her name, but she almost um, became the president of France, right? Which she probably will win the next time. Her name was Marie something. And But this is a global Marie movement. Marie Le Pen. Yes, there you go. Thank you very kindly. Did you, and, did you know and, that at one point in time she was married to a black man? Lord Jesus. I'm going to have to look that up. We got to talk about that offline. I was yeah, we're going to talk about that offline. I yeah, was they just recently got divorced. No, well, it was a, it was um, it was a, it was a marriage. They only lived together for a short period of time, like a matter of, like uh, maybe they only got, they got married and she left, like after their honey, well before their honeymoon, I think. Lord, well, see, this is the thing. Mm, That's yeah, it's a story there, but, but we're gonna take that story offline. Right. <laughs> But, you know, you need to look up the history of her father and especially her grandfather, and that tells you the Uh tale. Just like with Donald Trump, with his grandfather and his father, that tells the tale, Uh and which is what we got now. But the difference between Donald Trump and some of these Uh other racist Democrat and Republican we have in office, at least Donald Trump tells you who he is and where he's coming from. You know, so Uh it's all the guests out. What's what's interesting is he's just like the precursor. He's opening the door to someone who's going to be smarter, and and they're not going to wear their racism on their sleeve. They're going to be smarter about it, and we just need for you uh-huh. all to pay attention. And so, you know, I'm not really going to go into too much of that because everybody knows where I stand on it, and I'll do another show just really zooming in on that, but... You know, when we're talking about Joe Biden, he just released his agenda for the black community. Now, again, I haven't had a chance to read it, so, you know, I can only comment so much. But I find it interesting because I believe if I compare it to Michael Bloomberg's agenda for black people, that is parallel. And if Biden is elected, we need to hold them to task and make them implement that. Now, all right, I'm a little conflicted there. Right, because I feel we mm-hmm. need to take it down. We need to take them to the freaking mat and dismantle the damn thing. But they're putting this up there, and we have to make sure that this is not a cloak and dagger, that they're putting this up there because, again, when we start talking about these progressive messages, you know, in, in, in many regards, it is not to benefit us. But we've been sold on many of the ideas, and we, have, we, we can't eat and sleep ideas. You know, ideas is not going to pay the bill, you know. and, and no, so not. Yeah, so, you know, we have to be very careful when we start talking about being progressive and these progressive candidates because they're used uh-huh. to telling us A, B, 
C, D, and E and never doing anything. And then they're reelected time and time again because of name recognition. And personally, I feel that we should kick them all out with the exception of a few and start over. But I think that's what AOC and that crew is trying to do. But, you know, even with AOC, you know, they all are problematic in their own ways. But just pay attention. Don't be talking about my don't be talking about my girl. <laughs> That's a fine piece of work right there. You gotta admit that. That's a fine piece of work. Her and that uh actually the whole squad, all them women are fine as heck. You know, I don't objectify women. <laughs> <laughs> I do on occasion. They fine. She, I, don't, I don't care what you have to say. I'm not objectifying. They smart and they fine. That's that's what okay. makes them so fine. They smart too. Shoot. See, you know. there you go. But yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, they're like, how many demerits did I get today? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on my prayer list. I got my own personal prayer list and my oh. special eight prayer list. And you, I told you at the top of that. <laughs> <laughs> I stay on that bad <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, oh, you know. folks, I, I got no good sense. That's that's my problem. I got no good sense and, and no home training. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah, my problem. I'm sorry. Caribbean mama. Yo, yo, shoe throwing Caribbean mama. Yeah, you do. Okay. Shh. <laughs> 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 Don't we tell our folks about that? Your mama like Sinbad's mama, like plastic woman. Arm just reach around a corner and chase you down the block and pull you nah, back. No, that shit was a boomerang, man. She put that spin <laughs> on it, and that thing would be like, pow. I'm like, come on. Really? 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 <laughs> See, I had it hard growing up. I grew up with, with the Major Eaton and, 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 and Millie, you know, Millie the Revolutionary. <laughs> I, I had, you know, I had no cut card. I had no cut card because <laughs> if I did something bad, I have disrespected the family name, the lineage, oh, yeah. all the way back to my great grandmother and grandfather, who who walked up hills both ways to get an education and had right. to, and had to fight bears and crackers on the way to school. Yeah, yeah, I had I had to deal with it. Yeah, so yeah, it was rough. <laughs> well, <I laughs> but was I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, you turned out all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's there's more to come, you guys. I mean, I just want you all to look up Black Atheists and Agnostics United International, and, and plug you know, your and plug to, your and plug your home too. Plug your home too. My home. Yeah, your Chicago. Group, your group too. Yeah. Oh no, um, no, no, no. No, plug, no I don't plug, have, plug both my, groups. My group. No, I don't. Yeah, that group is educational only. I post stuff in there for people to learn, you know, different things. But you know, the truth of the matter is, if I'm going to be honest, inside of my group, you know, I took that group over. It belonged to someone else, and they abandoned oh, the group. Okay. So I just took it oh, over. Okay. But the truth of the matter is, most of the people in that group are sent by somebody to keep an eye on me, just like they be trying to keep an eye on me on my wall. And I keep telling them uh-huh. the shit that you want to and that you want to know, you're not going to find out on Facebook. So you can keep your eye on me. You can keep 
listening to the show. You can keep doing all them things. You can keep trying to put together a lynch mob. What I don't understand is you talk shit by yourself, get your ass kicked by yourself. So No, they can talk shit, all the shit they want, but they they got me. They got to contend with. I'm the enforcer right. here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we good. We good. Yeah, we good. So, yeah, yeah, we good. Well, we good. Yeah. We got folks everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Exactly. And I come from a very exactly. big family. A very big family. You don't know who I know. <laughs> yeah. And you probably my cousin. So, yeah, bring your ass to the family. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another it. thing, too. I got so many damn family members in the in the atheist community. It don't make no sense. I didn't realize how many family members I had in the atheist community. I'm like, what are we, how like, about- the atheist family and stuff? Bunch of non-believers. Well, see, well, see that's Even. the thing about history. If you go back and you listen to some of these people, like, you know, um, in out atheist, you had, like, um, Asa Philip Randolph, right? He was an out atheist. Uh-huh. He was one of Martin Luther King's right-hand men. They helped put together, uh-huh. you know, the, the, the um, Civil Rights March, you know, in D.C. Uh-huh. And, again, Henry Harrison, you have Joel Augustus Rogers, um, Nella Larson, you have Lucy Parsons, Zora Neale Hurston. Now, not all of them were atheists. Some were humanists, some were free thinkers, some were agnostics, however, whatever you categorize yourself, but they were questioning the status quo. They were questioning religion. And see, you can still call yourself a Christian and, and, and question religion. That's okay, because everybody has questions. And there is nothing wrong uh-huh. with that. And if someone shuts you down and say that you don't question God, you don't question the pastor, you don't question the man of God, you don't want to talk to those people because they're shutting down your arguments. They'll tell you that logic and reason has no place in the church or in Christianity. Don't believe that because they will have you out here sending them your stimulus checks, which many of them did you know, convincing people to send them their Mm. stimulus checks and Mm. telling folks, you know, um, calculate a percentage of your unemployment and send it in as tithes. Creflo Dollar even Mm -hmm. has a cash app that you can send in your Mm -hmm. money that way. And I just think it's absolutely Mm -hmm. horrendous, you know, what's happening and what's being done to people. So, you know, there are some people in our community that don't want to embrace, you know, the word atheist or agnostic or humanist or free thinker or non-believer or skeptic or what have you or none. And also, uh-huh. not all of the nuns are atheists. Don't believe that. Uh-huh. Not, not all of the nuns are atheists. Some of them may call themselves disgruntled Christians or disgruntled believers or however yeah, they may but, you know, categorize themselves. But they're there, and they do listen to this show. Yeah, oh, like know, my, my of, daddy used to say it like this. Mm-hmm. He was like, mm-hmm. He, you know, he wasn't. He was an out atheist. Well, not so out, but out enough atheist to his friends and family. Everybody knew, but mm-hmm. we used to say he used to say it like this. He's like, there is n- how there is no way that any rational human being could believe in a god that allowed slavery, allowed the allowed the transatlantic slavery, allowed. Mm-hmm. Black people to get black and brown people to get their behinds kicked, um, plagues and everything else on the under the sun. Horrible things happened to them in the Congo. Horrible things happened in the, in the to the Native Americans. A whole con- mm-hmm. two continents depopulated and a set of islands depopulated completely, and believe that God has anything positive for people, black and brown people. 
Any God like that is an asshole. Any God like that is is a psychopath. And we shouldn't be praying to him. How about that? How about that? You know, and it's just the whole thing is interesting, you know. And, you know, what we're seeing now with this pandemic and the state of anxiety that this country is in, because that's what it is. We are definitely in a state of anxiety. I did a show, United States of Anxiety, and that is Mm -hmm. what's happening. You know, you have a depression collectively. This country is depressed. You know, however, you know, this is not a vacation, but this is some time that some people really need it, you know, to get some rest and decompress because working extra hard and not taking your vacation and not taking breaks, that's the American way, good old-fashioned, you know, back-breaking hard work. Hell no. No. Mm-hmm. Not when they don't appreciate you and there's no loyalty anymore. These companies will fire you if you sneeze. If you come back to the office after this coronavirus and you sneeze, they're sending you home, and you're probably going to get written up for coming to work and sneezing. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> so, you know, we need to pay attention to this and how, you know, this is going to get progressively worse. And we've only had that first wave. The second wave is getting ready to make its way. And a number of people are going to die and going to be hurt. And what's interesting is when we post information about the number of deaths, I see a bunch of black folks saying fake news. You know, those numbers are too high. They're lower than that. And we're like, no, those numbers are higher than that. And they're being suppressed on purpose. The news is being suppressed on purpose. I remember talking about Trump. This was right before he won. And I called it a three-ring circus. And so you had the politicians in one ring, you had the American public in another ring, and I forget who I had in the third ring. I can't think of it right now. But Donald Trump was, um, you know, the carnival barker, and the audience was the press. And the press was sitting mm-hmm. there, you know, taking pictures of us. And people were like, well, why won't you all just run away, get away? And I was like, well, there's a rumor out that there is a force field behind here, and if we go in, we go past the force field, we're going to get, you know, crispy critter. So you're going to fry up. And all of us are too scared to step outside the ring because nobody wants to die, you know, through fire. You know? <laughs> so, uh-huh. And that's exactly what this has turned into. That's exactly what this has turned into. And so, you know, four more years of him, this is going to be four more years on a roller coaster. He's going to continue on his path of destruction. You know, he's breaking up families. He's breaking up, you know, just, you know, individuals. You know, the way that he goes after individual people. I've never seen anyone behave like that in public. Well, I can't say that because it's social media. I've seen some people act in the most horrible ways of ways. You know, and sometimes I've been a little off the cuff myself, and I'll admit that. However, when I do get that way, it's because I've been driven to that point. And people get upset, but you're only upset because I was better at it than you. But, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, again, post those links a little bit later. I'm going to also post an article that a good friend, Robert Gross, posted, 65 Things White People Can Do for Racial Justice equality includes you. So, and that's from Medium, so I'll make sure I put the information out there because it's behind a paywall. But um, there's a lot more to talk about. You know, there are a lot more black men and women 
that are being killed. And, you know, and, and most of the time I include black and brown people. And, you know, and, yeah, because it's affecting them as well. But I think I'm going to start primarily focusing on black people, which I have. But, I mean, I'm really going to focus, focus on black people um, now on the show. And that's not to say that I'm not, you know, um, um, an ally to the other communities I am. But, um, you know, what's happening right here, you know, I have relatives and and extended family and friends and extended friends that have died from the coronavirus. You know, we had someone lose a child most recently. And, you know, I woke up and I saw that in my news feed and I was absolutely horrified. And that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why I kind of had to pull back for the past few weeks on this show because I had to get my head together because I didn't want to come on here ranting and raving. That's not going to solve anything. So I needed a chance to breathe and decompress and working on some other things that kind of took my mind off of, you know, what we're seeing here. And, you know, I take it personal because I am immunocompromised, right? I'm immunocompromised. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I just had the heart surgery and, you know, my lupus was out of control at one point and we got it back together. But now, you know, we're kind of level, it's kind of steady, but, you know, I'm still making them take the necessary steps to make sure that I'm okay because, again, that heart surgery, it takes a while for your body to adjust to all of that. So, you know, when when that happens, I have to stay on top of all of my lupus symptoms, you know, my medication and all of that, Not, not to mention that we almost didn't have any more medication because the orange church, the orange tater tide was out here telling people to buy our medicine. And so people started yeah. hoarding the medicine, and they were telling people to take 600 milligrams of the hydroxychloroquine, and that is a toxic level. That's why people were dropping dead. People's hearts felt yeah. like they were about to explode. That's because you were being poisoned, you know. Yeah, and, and they were so, telling, and it turns out, Oh, he had a financial stake in the company. Yes, his family trust. You know? Yep. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot more of that. I mean, Mm -hmm. all I can say is this. If he gets out of office, he's going to have a lot to answer for. Like, I mean, I was like, why in the heck? I mean, I can't understand it. Why in the heck would you leave a blatant crook in the office? You know, slight crook, okay, you know, he might... You know, go to cash, make himself rich, but damn, this is crazy. <laughs> well, that's because many of them are rich. doing this. Well, see, the thing is, many of them are doing the same thing. The other people that were in office that could have made a difference, well, you know, basically they were probably on some of the same bullshit, but nobody wanted to expose each other. With this guy, the cheddar tater tot, he don't give a damn. He will expose you whether you expose him or not. So when you're mm-hmm. dealing with someone like that that they consider a loose cannon, he's not a loose cannon. He just plays tit for tat. And so you, mm-hmm. you know, like I say, you know, you don't like a me. I don't like a you. And so and that's how that is. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm gonna be mad, everybody else gonna be mad. We just gonna be freaking mad together. And that's how I see mm-hmm. that. You know, well, come on now. But, um, you know, it's a lot more to come. You know, I thank you guys for listening to me. I was looking at all of my stats, 
And I see people are, you know, going back and listening to the archive shows. Thank you so much. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Spotify now. Um, I am going to be launching a new show this year. You know, and I've been saying that the past Uh two years. But, you know, everything has been crazy. Last year I took a nine-month hiatus, and you all know why. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's coming. It's coming. It's some stuff that I want to do, and I don't necessarily want to do it on this venue. I want to start something new and fresh, and it's going to be interesting. And then there's another venue that I want to start. So, you know, I have high hopes, and it's going to be okay. But, see, my high hopes are because of my own personal aspirations. You know, one of the sentences, the last sentence in the first paragraph of the show, it says the white supremacist power powers that be demand that we turn a blind eye to the atrocities that are visited upon us daily with glad tidings, a dance for the occasion, and a song on our lips. With with the glad tidings, they want you to announce the things, the atrocities, and the the, the dehumanization. They want you to announce it like it's good news, like you're happy that these Mm -hmm. things happen. You know, a dance for the occasion, because like I said, I told some of you, you think you got a seat at the table. No, you do not. You're either being served, you're on a menu, or you're serving a dish, or you're the entertainment, or you're the help. That is it. That is it. Mm-hmm. And the little thing, think you got a seat at the table? You're at the kitty table, and they're only giving you half the portion of the white kitties are getting. And, you know, you know, most of you aren't even getting the damn half portion. You're getting crumbs. And this is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why we don't get along, we can't get along, we will never get along because you think that's acceptable and I don't, which is why I will not take their money, which is why I will not take their platform, which is why I will not give them a pass. But guess what? I'm not giving you a pass either, but you know that. So go on and well, keep your friends mm-hmm. with an eye on me because I'm watching them watching me. And I'm still watching you. So how about that? Mm. All right, y'all. Well, so we're going to wind this down. Then I would like to thank Jacob Eaton for joining the show from Black Atheists and Agnostics United. You want to give us some parting words, Jacob? Oh, no. You did You know, you know, did your thing, girl. And thank you for having me on your wonderful show. I always Anytime, enjoy it. My dear. Oh, always a pleasure because mm-hmm. I love talking to you. So, again, this is Kimberly oh. with Black Freak. Thinkers, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. And again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. We want you to apply those critical thinking skills to every area of your life, not only just questioning religion, questioning these religious leaders or so-called religious leaders, you know, every aspect of your life, because that will keep you out of a lot of trouble and save you some headaches and tears. You know, and so we encourage you to go out, we encourage you to read, we encourage you to learn, and people have different ways of learning, you know, um, and and if this show is helping you in any manner, I'm happy to know that, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, If those of you, if you're inclined to send us a few dollars, you can find us on PayPal as well as Cash App and Venmo, Black Freethinkers, paypal.com slash Thinkers. Cash App, dollar sign, Black Free Thinkers, Venmo, Black Free Thinkers, all one word with an S at the end. 
So you can do that, but again, we are black free thinkers, but not the Kanye or Candace Owens kind. Oh, no, 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 that's not us. So all right, y'all, you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you very kindly for tuning in. I'll be back next week, and I'm going to try to invite a guest on for next Sunday. I have to reach out and see if he can make it. But if not, we will continue our conversations about the era of Trump, the orange tether tater tot or the cheddar tater tot i use them interchangeably and we will continue on thanks for sticking with me guys i love you you all take care take care take it easy bye-bye lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.